Today is the day of the Geula of the Mitra Rebbe. The day the Mitra Rebbe was released from prison. And it's called a birthday for everyone. You know, your birthday was last week, my birthday is tonight. But today is called the birthday for every Jew, every Chassid. As everyone said, that every Jew should uh, acknowledge in, in himself that every Jew is a Chassid, the son of a Chassid, the grandson of a Chassid. Everyone said that. So I want to share one point from a Febrengen. Uh, from Parshas Vayishlach, Tov Shem Mbav, 1986, where the Rebbe analyzes Yud Kislev vis-a-vis how Yud Kislev affects the 19th of Kislev. The Febrengen I'm referring to was on the Shabbos following Yud Kislev. The Rebbe said that you always have a Shabbos between the 10th of Kislev, the anniversary of the redemption of the Mitla Rebbe, and Yud Kislev, the anniversary of the redemption of the Alter Rebbe. So the Shabbos in between Yud Kislev has two components. First of all, it says in the Zohar that Shabbos blesses all days of the week. So the Shabbos after Yud Kislev blesses Yud Kislev. Also, the um, Shabbos is when all the days of the week are elevated. Just like we see on Shabbos by Kiddush, we say Vayichulu, which literally means God finished making the heaven and earth. So too um, does the word Vayichul also mean to be elevated. So whatever happens during the week is elevated to a higher level on Shabbos. Happens, what happens, ha- happens throughout the week, the mitzvahs that we do, the Torah that we learn, the davrin that we do, it all reaches a higher level, it reaches a perfection on the Shabbos following the week. So that means whatever happens on Yud Kislev is elevated on the Shabbos after Yud Kislev, is elevated on Shabbos. Uh, it's an interesting, interesting point there makes is that that year that Rebbe gave the Fabrengen, Yud Kislev was on Shabbos. So you would think that Shabbos only elevates the six days of the week, not the Shabbos before. Because the Gemara just says, says in the Torah, Vayichal kem Hashem finished making the world on the seventh day. And the Gemara asks, what did Hashem finish making on the seventh day? He finished making the world on the sixth day. The Gemara answers, there was one thing Hashem made on Shabbos. Hashem made rest. There was no rest yet. When Hashem made Shabbos, now we have rest. So Hashem made rest on Shabbos. That's why it's considered the, the conclusion of creation. So that's true for the first Shabbos. And that's true every week. That the Shabbos brings perfection to whatever happens during the week. It brings everything that happens to, to the week to a perfection, to, to menucha, to tranquility. But there are many proofs that this is not only applying to, this doesn't only affect the six days of the week, this also affects the Shabbos before. Whatever happens in the Shabbos before is elevated in the Shabbos on the next Shabbos. Shabbos elevates not only all days of the week, Shabbos also elevates the Shabbos before. So therefore, they made the point in that year, 1986, that although Yud Kislev was on Shabbos, when is elevation of, of, of Yud Kislev in the next Shabbos? So, that means like this. This coming Shabbos, blesses Yutes Kislev. Besides blessing Yutes Kislev, this Shabbos also elevates Yud Kislev. What allows this Shabbos to bless Yutes Kislev? What gives the Shabbos this, this blessing, this ability? It's because of the impact of the six days of the week. So one of the days of this week, Yud Kislev, which is today, it is what gives the power to Shabbos to bless Yutes Kislev. So it's not that... Um, 
ordinarily you think that the 19th of Kislev is, is chronologically, the Al-Tarebbe was released from prison before the Mitla Rebbe was released from prison. First, the Al-Tarebbe was released from prison. And then, a generation later, the Mitla Rebbe was also put in prison, and he was redeemed. So you would think, if anything, the 19th of Kislev blesses the 10th of Kislev. It's because the Al-Tarebbe was released from prison that the Mitla Rebbe uh, was released from prison afterwards. It was the bracha of the Al-Tarebbe's release, Asmachter. It's because of the Al-Tarebbe's release that the Mitla Rebbe uh, was released as well. Actually, Rebbe actually once, in 1981, that made a very powerful uh, fabringen about the idea of people who leave yeshiva and they feel that once they left yeshiva, once they leave yeshiva, they feel they cannot reach the same level that they had when they were in yeshiva. So they asked a question, the Rebbe says, I learned the same discourse when I was in yeshiva, this is not going to have the same effect on me. I mean, when I was in yeshiva, I'm totally focusing on it. it I, I wasn't able to reach redemption I, I, I somehow, uh, at one point I was inspired, I learned, and I was in the yeshiva environment, but now I left the yeshiva, and now I'm a lot less. So it cannot be that now I'm going to learn um, uh, the same discourse, and it's going to affect me more than, what, than then, if when I was in yeshiva it started and it stopped. So then if I start learning now, it's also going to stop. It's also not going to work. So, that, so that's what we learned from the Geula of Yud Kislev. The Altrebbe was redeemed, and it was an amazing redemption. And yet there was another exile afterwards. So we see that even though there was an exile which followed the redemption of the Altarev, which seems to mean that the, redemption, the exile is stronger than the redemption, comes the Geula of Yud Kislev and tells us that there could be another redemption anyways. Even though there was such an awesome redemption of the Altarev, and it goes followed that, there was another exile, comes the Geula of Yud Kislev and tells us that it's not over. That even though you've left the yeshiva, you're not in the same environment, you're still able to achieve redemption in your neshama, part of Bashal nafshi, in, by studying and getting involved and learning Uchsis. That's what I mentioned then, but this is for bringing that, that, that we're learning a point of, from 1986, Tashman Vav, that makes a, actually it's probably 1985, because it was probably before January. Anyway, so in this for bringing, um, the Rebbe makes a different point. Rebbe says that chronologically the Alt Rebbe existed before the Mitzvah Rebbe. And yet this Shabbos, is supposed to bless the day of Yitzh Kislev. And how does it have the power to bless Yitzh Kislev? It's drawing on the day of Yud Kislev. How can Yud Kislev bless Yitzh Kislev? Yud Kislev is seemingly lower and different than, than Yitzh Kislev. What is the redemption of the Alter Rebbe? What's the redemption of the Mitzvah Rebbe? The Alter Rebbe is known among Hasidim as Chachma. He is the Chachma Hasidus. What is Chachma? Chachma means the ability to create an idea. You have an issue, you don't know how, what the, how to solve this issue. Suddenly you have what Kabbalah calls Baraka Mavrik, a flash of inspiration. That's Chachma. Then, after you have that, that flash of inspiration, so then you're able to take the inspiration and then develop it. That's Bina. And the, you go through the length and the breadth and the depth of the idea. That's Bina. Mitra is called the Wide River. The Mitzvah Rebbe took the teachings of the Alter Rebbe and explained them in a very expansive way. There were some occasions that the Mitzvah Rebbe taught Chassidus for 17 hours straight. That's why the Rebbe Hashem had an uncle who was called the Shtender, the lectern. Rebbe Hashem asked his uncle, why do they call you lectern? He said, because one time the Mitzvah Rebbe came out and he needed to lean on somebody, he leaned on me. And he wanted to know, well, how long did he lean on you for? It came out, if I remember correctly, 17 hours. He was teaching Chassidus 
more and more and more in depth, on and on. Anyways, so so on, at, the the analogy of Chachma and Bina is the a wellspring and a river. A wellspring produces one drop at a time, but then from the wellspring emerges a river. So from the Alter Rebbe you have first uh, the the you have Chassidus in a very concentrated, very summarized form. And then the middle Rebbe takes those same concepts and he expounds on them. And he goes in length and breadth and depth of these ideas. He takes the, the points that the Alter Rebbe makes and he, and he develops them. So it seems, if anything, the Alter Rebbe's redemption is what blesses the middle Rebbe's redemption. It's because, because of the Alter Rebbe, now it's possible for there to be a middle Rebbe. What's a middle Rebbe? Middle Rebbe is his whole essence about revealing the teachings of the Alter Rebbe. And taking those same teachings and, and to develop them. So you need to have, you need to have Yud Teskisle before Yud Kisle. But yet every year, we have Yud Kisle before Yud Teskisle. What, what does that mean? So, there it draws on this concept in Chassidus called Havein B'chachman Chakein Bebina. Which means, although it seems that naturally the place of the river is different to the place of the wellspring. The wellspring is in one place. And from there, a river is produced in a different place, which means you have the essence of the wisdom in Chachma, you have the flash of wisdom in Chachma, and that causes there to be another place where there is a, that, that same concept is expounded on. But there is a concept in Chassidus of the convergence of Chachma and Bina. Naturally, Bina is inferior to Chachma in some ways. How is it inferior? Because when you take the idea and you start looking at the details, you lose something of the purity of the idea. You don't have any more the, 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 the clarity of Chachma. On the other hand, in Chachma, you're not, able, you're not able to integrate it into yourself and, and to really understand it until you go to the details. So Chachma has a deficiency and Bina has a deficiency. So Chassidus says you have to make a convergence between the two. There's a concept of Havein B'Chachma and Chakein B'Bina, which means that even after you've gone to the details, you have to now look through those details and see the core idea. You have to look through the, at the truth of the idea through the details. And so to conversely, you have to be able to look at all those details as they are in their source. You have to look at the essential point of Chachma and see in Chachma all those details. It's kind of like the opposite we learned last week, kind of like trying to see the, the, the instruments of a song within, within, instead of just hearing the song, but you look at the instruments, look at the different components. Look at the wide breadth of this idea. Don't look at this idea as just a, as a small idea. Look at that, this idea as a big idea. So that's the, this is a deep concept, um, but the Rebbe says that everything that the Torah tells us is a message for every Jew, even the most simple Jew. So there must be a message for, for all of us we could take from this idea. What does this mean? What does it mean of Havein B'chachma, bringing the river into the wellspring? What does it mean? So the Rebbe brought a few examples of what this means. For example, the word Tanya. The word Tanya on the surface means a teaching. One Tanya, Amira, they gave us a teaching a long time ago, over a thousand years ago. And that, that's, a, that's a teaching we said once upon a time. That's the meaning of Tanya. So you look at the first word of Tanya, what are you saying? You're saying there was a teaching by a tzaddik a long time ago. That's a very, it's a very limited thing. It was said in a very in one place, at one time, it's one, one teaching. But then there is a concept of Havein B'chachma to bring the full expansiveness of that ver- word, what, to, to understand the, 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 the breadth and the reach of that word. When you study Torah, 
It's not just you studying Torah. Whenever a Jew studies Torah, it causes Hashem to study Torah with you. And that's why the Arizal says, the Gemara says, when you study Torah, you're supposed to be trembling and sweating. Why? Because just like when God gave us the Torah, we were trembling because we saw Hashem. So too, whenever you study Torah, God's studying Torah with you. So that means that where is Tanya and what is Tanya? Who is saying Tanya? Tanya is something that, it, that is brand new, just happened right now. It's not something that happened a long time ago. It's something that happens right now whenever you study Torah. And number two, Tanya, this teaching of this, of this, of this, uh, that the author brings, is not just a teaching that was said then, and, and it's not only does it exist now, but it also is something that exists in the entire world. And not just the entire world, there said, Bechola Oilmas Kulam, in all the worlds, there's right now this Tanya. Tanya is in all places and in all times, and it's brand new right now. So instead of thinking of Tanya as something which is just like uh, uh, one little point, Tanya is everything. Tanya is a teaching that is reverberating throughout the entire spiritual cosmos and the physical cosmos in every place and every time. That's what Tanya is. That's the meaning of looking at Chachma through, through the lens of Bina. Everyone, another example, uh, but we don't have too much time, so let's say one point to this example. The Alter Rebbe learned Torah with the Reb Zusha of Anapoli. I'm sorry, with Avram the Malach. Avram the Malach, they learned Torah together. And they learned the first Mishnah. The first Mishnah says, It's ultimately translated, What time do we say Shema at night? That's a simple translation of the Mishnah. So Avram the Malach, he said to the Alter Rebbe, Why are you translating Me'emesai? It's from what time Me'emesai means from fear. Out of reverence and fear, that's how we should say Shema. Me'emasai. Me'emasai also means me'ema, from fear. So that's the point of the story, that, that, that you're supposed to say Shema with reverence. Altab agreed with the Malach, that Altab was just translating the simple meaning, but it also has a deeper meaning. But this concept of, of reverence for Hashem is something that encompasses all of our service of Hashem. It's something that's supposed to be present in everything. So it's not just one point. It's something that, that really you have, to, you have to look at through the lens of Bina and see how this point is something which is all-encompassing. That's the meaning of Havein B'Chachma, to see how the points of Chachma really encapsulate everyone, everything. And then the Rebbe said that we, there, there is, the, the main revelation of the Kislev, the Alter release, as Rebbe Hashab said, is that's the day when, when the wellsprings of Chassidus really began to spread. So we, we, we need to look at the Yudas Kislev not in a minimalist perspective, not in a way that we're, where we're limiting ourselves and limiting the reach of this Kislev, we have to look at the Yud Kislev from the perspective of Yud Kislev. We have to look at Yud Kislev blesses Yud Kislev, which means that our attitude towards spreading the wasprings of Chassidus has to come from the perspective of the Mittal Rebbe, has to come from the perspective of expansiveness, from the perspective of, of the wide lens of Bina. What does that mean? It says in this week's parasha, Yishach Yaakov, Yaakov sent angels to Esav. Esav, the Alter Rebbe writes in, in Torah Er, that uh, that Yaakov was telling Esav that um, I am ready for Mashiach. That's what Yaakov means when he says, I have a donkey and I have an a ox. Medrash says the donkey refers to Mashiach ben David. The ox refers to Mashiach ben Yosef. Yaakov is telling Esav, I'm all ready for the redemption. I'm ready for, ready for Gula. And he discovers, and he wants, he, the reason he's telling this message to Esav, even though he's sending this, this message to um uh, it would seem to someone who's not able to, to hear this message, because it says in the Torah, he sent this message to Esav, who is living in Stay Edom, the fields of Edom. And the word Edom means red. And the reason why Esav is called red 
is because of the time that he wanted to have the red soup of Yaakov. He wanted the red soup, and because of his physical pleasure that he wanted that soup, he gave away his firstborn right, he gave away his right to serve in the base of Mikdash, he gave away all the spirituality that he could possibly get ever, he gave it all away just to have a bowl of soup. So we're talking about someone who's very low. And yet, although we're talking about someone who's very low, Yaakov doesn't talk to him as he is a, an Esav. Yaakov doesn't just relate to him as being this, 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 this coarse brute. Yaakov says, sends message to Esav, it says in the Torah, Lim What does Lim Tzechein mean? To find favor in your eyes. And Rashi explains, That I look for your love and I'm peaceful with you. That's why Yaakov sends a message to Esav. So in a similar way, the Rebbe says, when you see a Jew who looks to you like they're Esav, that they're totally into the physical, they're into whatever is, you know, they're, they're into Hadayim, they're into the red stuff, they're into the lowest kinds of things. So you might think that you should scream at them. It was so yesterday, and Rabbi Moshe Feller wrote an article for a newspaper, and he gave the example that Chassidus gives about so when someone faints, Chassidus says when someone faints, you, to, you, should, you should say their name in their ear. So Ramesha Feller, the way he portrayed this in the article was, when someone faints, you scream their name in their ear. They ever changed, they ever edited the article. And says, you don't scream their name in the ear. You whisper their name in their ear. So in a similar way, although you're talking to someone who's like Asim, I think this guy's like Asim, I should scream at them. So instead, the says that, on the contrary, your message has to be, Lim nacha. your message has to be that you want to have a relationship with this person, that you're, you're, you are wholeheartedly connected to this person, and you seek to be their friend. And although there's, and so what this has to do with our subject is our attitude towards spreading the waltzments of Chassidus shouldn't just be it's reserved for those elite few who are, who are considered refined enough. We have to look at Yud Kislev from the perspective of Yud Kislev, Yud Kislev that, that the waltzments of Chassidus have a relationship to every single Jew and we've got to, got to reach everybody with them. And that's what I to share today. Any questions or comments? No, all right. Sorry. Thank you, Avramo. Good yontif. I have a question. Start dominating, we say, I don't know what else I say.